0: Has it grown out? Not yet. But it absolutely will not grow out if somebody doesn't believe for it. Why is it odd for believers to believe for miracles? Why is it outlanders for us to believe for these kind of things? Have you read the Bible? Have you read the Bible lately? It is chock full. Cover to cover with not only miracles, but what I'm going to preach on today, which is unusual miracles, which means this, and this is a mind, this is a mind renewal for us as kingdom sons and daughters. Miracles in the Bible and in the ministry of Jesus and in church history, miracles are normal. Otherwise they would not have to coin some miracles, unusual miracles. You see, we live at a level right now where miracles are unusual, but not biblically. In the Bible, miracles are normal. They have to categorize some miracles as unusual miracles. Hello? My goal today is to elevate our thinking about who we are, what we have, who God is, what kingdom we're a part of, what are the dynamics of the kingdom. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not in word, but in Come on, church. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. That's what separates the kingdom of God from every other organization on the planet. The Bible says that it was Jesus was proved to be the Son of God by signs, miracles, and wonders. Paul the Apostle said, by apostleship, uh, because there are other um, people that are saying that Paul was a false apostle, that they were true apostles. And Paul said... Oh, well, my apostleship has been proven by signs, miracles, and wonders. These guys are not producing signs, miracles, and wonders. It was the evidence of the kingdom of God. When uh, God sent Moses to Egypt, to Pharaoh, to set my people free, the millions of Jews that were slaves, God told Aaron to throw down your staff. And he threw down the staff and it became a serpent. And so Pharaoh called in his magicians, his sorcerers and they threw down their stabs, and their stabs became serpents as well but but Aaron's serpent swallowed up their serpents Amen. you see when I go to other countries especially like in Africa or and other regions of the world that we consider primitive I don't have to preach on this because they grow up with the supernatural they're, they're not like wondering whether the supernatural is real or not. What they're wondering is whose power is greater. That's why when I've gone to the villages, Stephanie and I have gone to the villages, Gary has gone over there as well, and others. We've gone into these villages and these places. Um, the power encounter is how you win villages. Because they're used to the supernatural already. The Bible is a supernatural book about supernatural encounters from a supernatural God who is still here and is still among us. This is like the Apostle Paul when he was brought before King Agrippa and they arrested Paul because he was preaching the resurrection from the dead, that Christ had been raised from the dead. And here is Paul's defense. To a king at that time. He says, why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? So I want to say to you here today, and you online, why should it be considered incredible to you that God raises the dead? Why would that be incredible to us? We're Christians, right? We're believers, right? Say believer well what are you believing what are you believing would it be incredible to you if somebody were raised from the dead in here today if somebody died and we raised them from that would that be incredible not to the early church not to jesus not to paul not to the book of acts not through the entire old testament not through church history then he goes on and says this, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. Do you believe the Bible? Yes, yes. yes. absolutely. Jesus himself told us that we would do greater things than he did. And he did some great things. I have a couple questions for you this morning. Can the Holy Spirit only do what you are comfortable with? Another question. Can the Holy Spirit only do what you think is reasonable and logical? If so, then that would not be called a miracle. The definition of a miracle is this, an extraordinary and astonishing happening that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. And remember, miracles are normal in Christianity, according to biblical Christianity, to the point where they had to categorize some miracles as unusual. I want us to get to the unusual miracle stage, but we got to at least start at the miracle stage, amen? Yes. Miracles need to become normal to us, kingdom citizens of heaven. The Latin word for miracles, is uh, miraculum, which means objects of wonder. Do you know what a wonder is? Something that makes you wonder. That's why when we will not believe it, if it doesn't make sense, we reduce God down to our peanut-sized brains. And that's not someone you ought to worship. The word uh, miracle derives from the word smeros, which means to smile, which is what you do when you see a, mi- a miracle, <gasps> Right? Everybody go, oh, yeah, yeah. See, that's a, a, oh, my God. You know, we serve a wonder-working God, right? How many of you need wonders in your life? Come on. How many of you need miracles? How many of you need a couple unusual miracles? We need unusual miracles. There's too much suffering. There's too much need. There are too many enigmas. Complicated situations, hopeless situations in life. Come on, church. We're believers. Yeah, I'm believing for my dog's leg to grow out. Why not? Why wouldn't I? Let's look at just a few biblical examples so that we can get on the Bible's page, okay? Isn't it weird that, that New Age... You can talk about miracles, angelic visitations. You can talk about the dark side of witchcraft and sorcery and mediums and talking to the dead, you know, paranormal. And it's like all acceptable. Why? When we, why? Why has the church been relegated to some kind of museum, some kind of archaic, uh, two-dimensional, eventless, Institution. And Satan gets all the supernatural stuff. That's foolishness. Foolishness. And one of the main reasons is because what is preached from the pulpit. Shaping the minds of God's people. That's why James says, Don't many of you be teachers because yours is the greater judgment. I will be judged on how I taught you. What I taught you. So I want to teach you the Bible. Amen. Well, thank you for coming today. You know, it's it's always good to leave on top, right? I hope it doesn't go down from here because I'm right here right now. All right, let's go to the Bible. You can't lose, right? Here's some miracles in the Bible. These are normal. Second Kings chapter 2. Then the men of the city said to Elisha, who is a prophet in the Old Testament, in the Bible, Please notice the situation. The city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad, and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. Okay. Great idea. What does that have to do with what I just told you? We're, We're leaving logic right now. Here's a guy operating with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had Jesus do odd things. Like, there's a blind guy. So Jesus says, oh, I know what I'll do. And he picks up some mud, spits on the mud, dirt, makes mud about it, and puts it in the guy's eyes. You don't find that in any medical journal. You see Jesus doing these odd things. You read books that have been written about miracles over the last 2,000 years, like God's generals, and miracle after miracle after miracle of God having men and women do odd things to, to see miracles produced. And then you have men and women of the body of Christ who think it's their job to be the miracle sheriffs of, of the body of Christ and calling, calling out supernatural things as demonic. Is there fake stuff? Absolutely. There's fake everything everywhere in every industry. Of course there's fake stuff, but don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Don't throw out the power of the Holy Spirit because some people over here are faking it. Amen. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The world needs the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it's not just for people over 40 or over 50 or over 60 that get to operate in these things. Samuel, when he was like eight or nine years old, heard the audible voice of God. David, who slew Goliath, was 15 years old. The three Hebrew children were teenagers that were thrown into a fiery furnace. And Jesus appears, and they come out completely unsinged by the smoke. Mary, the mother of God, was a teenager. I'm not advocating that. It's just back then that happened, okay? God uses teenagers all throughout the Bible, all throughout church history, children, teenagers, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Moses started at 80. Nobody's off the hook. We all get a play. That's my message next week is everybody gets the play. All right, let's go back to the Bible. So they they brought it to him. So they brought it to him. Did they laugh at him? No, they brought it to him. Then he went out to the source of the water and cast in the salt there and said, thus says the Lord, I have healed this water from it. There shall be no more death or bitterness. So the water remains healed to this day, according to the word of Elijah, which he spoke. That happened. That is illogical, irrational, inexplicable. It was a miracle. Everybody say miracle. Miracle. Let's look at another one. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah saying, your servant of my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, "Uh, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Sometimes that's where you are. Your life, your resources have been reduced down to a jar of oil. We, have, we don't have enough. That's when you cry out to God for a miracle. We have so many miracles in our family. I'm writing a book right now and I can't put them all in the book. You can't walk with God for 40 years and, and about the same. And not have a whole boatload of God stories. If you're believing in for miracles all along the way. all we have is a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door. Now I could preach on every one of these, but I I can't because I need to take it somewhere. But boy, these are good, aren't they? She went from him. She went from him. She didn't laugh or mock or criticize. She did it. She went from him. That's the whole sermon and shut the door behind her and her son's who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said, there is no other vessel. So the oil ceased. Then I know, Rick, I could preach that right there, but I'm not going to. Then she came and told the man of God and said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. Here's another one, Second Kings chapter four. We're just reading the Bible. Then a man came from Baal Shalisha and brought the man of of God bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley bread, and newly ripened grain in his knapsack. And he said, Give it to the people that they may eat. Sound familiar? But his servant said, What? Shall I set this before a hundred men? It's like if you were going to, Adrena, you're going to make lunch this afternoon for your family, and then the whole church just shows up on your front porch. Yeah. And, uh, and then I say to you, well, just go ahead and set the food up for everybody. And you're like, what? For all these people? Right? This, this is exactly what this is right here. How, how can I do How can I, what, a hundred men? Put out for a hundred men? And he said again, give it to the people that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left over. So he mocked and laughed at the prophet and said, that is stupid. Everybody say it out loud. So he said it before them. He did it. He obeyed the prophet. He believed. Everybody said believed. believed. Have you noticed a theme here? That they do what the prophet said? Even though it seemed ridiculous and illogical and irrational? That's how you get a miracle. Told Moses, reach out your rod over the Red Sea. Oh yeah, okay. Reaching a stick over water is going to produce what? and the Red Sea splits open. Remember this one Christian was being mocked by an unbeliever on a TV show when they were being interviewed about this, and the guy said, I happen to know that at that time, in that region, in that season, the Red Sea is only like two feet deep, right at that passage. And the Christian said, well, that's even a greater miracle, that God could drown the entire Egyptian army in two feet of water. You see, it's right here. What are you thinking? Limiting God begins in our minds. Is He allowed to do things that blow your mind? It's called a wonder. I can't explain it, and that's called worship. Here's another one. Oh, this is one of my favorite. I love this. This guy borrows an axe from a neighbor. He's using the axe, cutting down a tree. The axe flies off and goes into the water. So he calls the prophet and he says, Oh my gosh, the axe head fell off. I I borrowed it. And so the man of God says, What? Go down to Ace Hardware and buy another one. Isn't that logical? That's what I would have done, right? I'd even give him some money. You need a little help with that? No. But what does the prophet do under the unction of the Holy Spirit? Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So it's uh, a lake. And so, you know, I mean. It's gone. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there. And he made the iron float. (laughs) I love this one. Wishcraft. Now, how about trickery? Magician. What's his name? Like the most popular magician now? Yeah, Copperfield yeah he didn't he didn't exist at this point what is this this is god doing a miracle that's what this is pick it up for yourself so he reached out his hand and took it why am i reading these accounts to us to increase our expectation of miracles in our church and in our lives we can sing you're the god of wonders but do we expect to see wonders Or are we just going to sing the song? The reason I'm reading these to you and preaching this message because though anything is possible with the Holy Spirit, did you know that you and I can limit Him? This blows my mind about God. That the God of wonders has relegated relegated His activity in our lives according to our faith. Why? He wants partnership. He wants to do this together. He's not trying to be hard on us. He's trying to partner with us. And when you if you're not in the word and you're not in prayer and you're not in worship, you're not seeking God, all you're going to have is natural circumstances bearing down on you and doubt and fear and unbelief are going to be your bedfellows 24/7. We live in a fallen world with fallen people. And we're trapped in this five physical sense world. But not a believer Not a believer. What are you believing? Here here are some scriptures that blow my mind about how God has set it up so that we can limit His miraculous activity in our lives. Look at this in Psalm 78. How often they provoked Him in the wilderness and grieved God in the desert. This is God's people. This was that generation. Let it not be this generation. Yes, again and again, they tempted God. That word tempted means tested. What did they do? He delivered them from Egypt with 10 plagues, splits the Red Sea. They're out in the desert. He's taken them to the promised land. And they said, we're thirsty. God brought us out of here to die of thirst. And they started accusing God of not being good and and brought them out into the desert so that they could die of thirst. And so what does God do? He causes water to come gushing out of a rock. And then they said, yeah, but we're hungry. And now you brought us out here, so we'll starve to death. So then God causes bread to appear on the ground. And then they said, we're tired of this bread. We want meat. And so then God causes quail to fall out of the sky. And he does these miracles over and over and over and over and over again. And yet every time, watch this, pay attention. Every time they came up against a new obstacle, they accuse God. Of bringing them out here to die. Why? Because we lose our faith faith in the face of current circumstances when we refuse to remember what God has done for us in the past. Let's go back to that scripture. Look at this. This is amazing. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. Wow, oh, wow why they did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy when he worked signs in egypt and wonders in the field of Zoan? when you and i do not purposely think about and meditate on the answered prayers from our past the miracles god has already done when you get hit with the new circumstance and they'll be bigger they just keep growing If you don't go back and meditate and remember your God stories or biblical God stories, you're not going to have faith for now. And you'll be a complainer, an unbeliever, an unbelieving believer, which is a contradictory in terms. And you won't have the faith for the current circumstance. Watch this next scripture. This is incredible. The children of Ephraim in Psalm 78, the children of Ephraim, these are God's people, God's army. This is the tribe of Ephraim. The children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows, they're ready. They should be out there to kick some butt with God, right? They should know that. It doesn't matter if there's one or two or a hundred of us or a million of them. With God, our covenant-keeping God, we are going to win this battle. But no, they didn't. Look what happened. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in His law. Here we go. And forgot, say it out loud, and forgot His works and His wonders that He had shown them. They forgot what He had done in the past. And I'm not talking about little things. I'm talking about the ten plagues of Egypt, delivering them. Water from a rock, quail from the sky, a pillar of fire at night, a big cloud during the day to protect them from the sun. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And yet, when the new circumstance hit them, they fled because they didn't remember. Here are the objections to miracles who what when and where who can do miracles oh well i mean certainly prophets of the old testament what can be done well i don't know about that that's a little bit silly that's a little extreme where can it be done well i mean overseas i mean what can, you know well, when can it be done well i mean you know not i mean maybe back then or maybe right those are the objections to miracles who what when and where Who can do them? Well, prophets can do them. Well, what about Jesus? Oh, well, that was Jesus. Well, what about the apostles? Oh, well, you see, those were the apostles. Okay, what about the other 72 that Jesus sent out? Oh, well, you see, Jesus personally laid hands and sent them out. See what you're doing? You see what you're doing? Okay, what about Philip? Well, who was Philip? He wasn't an apostle? Ooh, that obliterates that argument. Only the apostles do miracles. Philip wasn't an apostle. Phil, do you know what Philip did was Philip was a guy who raised his hand to pass out bread to old ladies Widows. I'm sorry widows Sorry, they don't have to be old just widows Not trying to make fun of them. I'm just saying They are saying that a lot of all these widows the hellenistic the jews aren't getting food distribution We need people to volunteer Philip raises his hand so the apostles lay hands on them. That's where the diaconal minister or deacons come from. The Diaconal means to serve. That's where the, uh, Acts chapter 6. So the diaconal, diaconal ministry starts there. The next thing you see in the book of Acts is that Philip is doing signs, miracles, and wonders. Look at this. Therefore, those who are scattered, about 5,000 believers, this is Acts chapter Eight, those who were scattered, what does that mean? Well, there was a major persecution that hit the church after the church exploded. There were 5,000 plus believers at this point, and the persecution got so intense that all these believers, thousands of believers, there were Jews that became Christians, Jewish believers, they scattered all over the Decapolis, the ten cities all around. Philip was one of them, a non apostle. Philip, they went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the thing spoken by Philip. What? Say it out loud. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice. That just happened to us here recently, a couple weeks ago. That's called a miracle. Look at that. The first definition of a miracle right here. Seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many. I believe there are many spirits that we are not aware of. I think that's why there's such an epidemic of some of these things that we diagnose as natural Many of them, I believe, are spiritual. It's not like, oh yeah, well certainly there were many demon-possessed people back then. What's different between back then and now? It's still the human race. We're still on planet Earth, right? I mean, came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame and were healed. And there was great joy in that city. You say, yeah, but that was Philip, and the apostles laid hands on Philip. So see what happened there. See, it was Jesus, and then Jesus laid hands on the apostles, and the apostles laid hands on Philip. Okay, what about Philip's four virgin daughters who prophesied? In the book of Acts, it says, and Philip had four virgin daughters who prophesied. By the way, virginity is a virtue in the eyes of God. Don't let this current culture tell you that sexual purity is, is passé. In the eyes of God, it's it's holy and highly valued. Isn't it interesting that they they use that, they put that in there? Four virgin daughters who prophesied. I'm not, teach, I'm not doing that sermon today, but I am saying, it's right there. I want to say to those of you who have, who have given up your virginity, male or female, and you're not married yet, um, God has grace for you. God has complete forgiveness for you. And God can restore you. Those who have not yet given it up, don't. Don't be pressured into it. It's precious. And it's precious in the eyes of God. Four virgin daughters who prophesied. All four of Philip's daughters had the gift of prophecy. They weren't apostles. They weren't even the daughters of an apostle. You see, unbelief will disqualify you and everybody around you from the miraculous. It just won't shut up and it won't stop. Unbelief has followed the church ever, well, forever, but ever since, certainly after Jesus, all the way up till now, unbelief tries to shut down every move of God. So, who gets to work miracles? Well, did you know that miracles is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit given to the church? Look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant, which is why I'm preaching on this today, so that we will no longer be ignorant about miracles. 1 Corinthians 12, 4, 3, 11. Therefore, there are diversities of gifts, with the same Spirit. There are difference of ministries, but the same Lord. There are difference of diversities of activities, but it's the same God. There's the Trinity, Spirit, Lord, God. Who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of the, uh, wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. Who wants to be the one who gets the work in miracles? Just raise your hand. Me too, Rick. I want them all, man. The Bible says that we are to eagerly pursue and desire and and be zealous for the gifts of the Spirit. Somebody needs to get zealous for the gift of the working of miracles up in here. We need miracles and unusual miracles. The discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Galatians 3, 5 says, therefore he who supplies a full cargo. That word supply means a full cargo. More than enough is what that word means. Therefore, He supplies more than enough of the Spirit to you and works miracles among you. Works miracles among you. It wasn't Paul working miracles. It was the church who had miracles working among them because the Spirit had been given to them in full supply. Do you know the Holy Spirit has been given to the Gathering Place Church in full supply? It's our turn. This church is gone. these, These people went to heaven. The Holy Spirit didn't. He's still here. What church wants the fullness of the Holy Spirit? What church wants miracles worked among them? Me. Anybody else? Yes. Let's not limit the Holy Spirit. He who supplies the Spirit to you works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And what can be accomplished? Here's that scripture about unusual miracles now god worked unusual miracles everybody say unusual miracles by the hands of paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them can't god just do whatever god wants to do is he allowed to do that can he get can he put an apron on somebody and then take it to somebody else and lay it on him and the demon come out is that allowed can he do that is he allowed to do that or does he have to check in with us first? Can that still happen today? Yes. Oh, no, I mean, back then. I mean, sure, no, I mean, in the future, oh, sure, a miracle happened. But not here, not today, not now. Why? Why? Why not? God comes to Abraham. He can't have sex anymore. He's done. It doesn't work. She is all dried up. Her organs, I mean, her her reproductive system is done. They're done. They are done. Ain't happening. Sorry, sweetheart. I know there was a promise upon us, but it's over. God shows up and he says this to him Uh, By this time next year, Sarah's going to have a baby. And then. Sarah is in the tent and heard God say that to Abraham. And she laughed. And so the Lord responds, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Anything. Are you going to be the one laughing or believing? That's a question you have to ask yourself. You have to draw the line in the sand of your spiritual life and decide, am I going to be the laugher or mocker or am I going to be the believer? Even if it seems ridiculous, am I going to believe or am I going to criticize? If you do not believe that unusual miracles can happen today, then you also do not believe this scripture. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You cannot say you believe that scripture if you do not believe that miracles happen today and that they could happen here and they can happen now. My goal in preaching this message to, to you today is when we talk about who? You. What? Miracles. Where? Here. When? Now. So I want you to personalize this and say this out loud with me. Me, miracles, here, now. Again, me, miracles, here, now. Again, me, miracles, here, now. now. Amen? I'm going to close with some testimonies from our own church. Now look, I dug these off our website. These are miracles that took place over a number of years ago that are part of our God stories. Remember? Remembering what God has done so that we will not faint in the day of battle that is now. And we need some new stories. We have, we have, we have some recent stories. We have some pretty good ones. But we need some unusual miracles happening up in here. Here are some miracles out of our own. You can go on our website and look under God's stories. And you can, I only grabbed like three or four of them. We've got a bunch of them. We have a great history of miracles in this church. Let's amp it up. Let's believe for more. Come on. An ankle instantaneously healed. This is from um, Janine, Balian, and Andy. Are they? Uh, there's Janine right there. Everybody wave at Janine. Put her on the spot. Here we go. Hi, Pastor John. This is from Janine. I'm still fired up from Sunday service. Janine, uh, she said, I, Janine, I'd been praying for the Lord to open the door for me to get a job that would suit my family's schedule. I was so excited that the Lord opened that door. My prayers had finally been answered. On my first day on the job, I was walking out of my car. I took a few steps and somehow tripped and twisted my ankle i heard two pops i couldn't even lift myself up the pain was excruciating my job consists of standing the entire time so i had no idea how i was going to get through the lord got me through but my ankle had tripled in size and still had to work the next couple of days i had planned to go to the doctors the following week if the pain and swelling had not gone down now it continues with andy saying pastor john Sunday morning was one for the books since the injury took place last Friday She's been walking in severe pain throughout the house up until Sunday morning. I work in sports medicine I sit on these types of surgical procedures daily So I knew that janine had either ruptured a tendon or two Had a high grain sprain or a fractured bone or two Either of which is extremely painful, especially when weight-bearing as we made our way to the front to pray for janine's ankles you asked us if we had seen a doctor. And I, I stated to you right then and there, we are seeing a doctor right now. And he wasn't talking about me. Sure enough, after we prayed and laid hands on her, she went from walking like John Wayne to walking on a catwalk. So Andy, right, Janine? So Andy. Some people here don't even know who John Wayne is. That's horrible. Like walking on a catwalk. Then he says, boom. He said, I must mention that just before service, we had purchased a bottle of Advil for the pain and inflammation. So as we walked out of the auditorium, just after the miracle took place, I still had the nerve to ask her if she had taken the medication. Sure enough, the Advil was unopened, sealed in the box. What a way to conclude last Sunday's service. You had just finished preaching. And then he preaches my sermon back to him. I love that. He just, he just finished preaching about faith comes by hearing God's voice, believing God's voice, obeying God's voice, and seeing God's promises come to pass. And then he says, faith without works is dead. And then I checked with Adrena again this morning because I wanted to get this right. Adrena said she saw Janine hobbling into church like this, that Andy doing this on the way into church. Then Janine, uh, then uh, uh, Adrena, Saul, Janine, skipping out of church. And you remember that dream? And you said, "What happened to you?" And you. Said, Wow, you saw it from beginning to end, so you witnessed a miracle, and you said that was the first time I've ever seen anything like that, and it was the most beautiful thing you'd ever seen. Can we give the Lord Jesus praise for this? Come on. Okay, I'm going to read a couple more, and then we're going to pray for miracles, okay? Uh, This is from a a couple of families that were with us uh, before uh, covid It says, uh, they were, they walked up to a man in a parking lot today. He was stretching and is clearly uncomfortable in his body. We asked him how he was doing and got to chatting. And then he, uh, we asked if he had pain in his knee. He told us he had a crazy accident. He fell off a scaffold, uh, off scaffolding and had reconstructive surgery that cost $110,000. He was experiencing pain in his knee. I asked him what the pain level was from 1 to 10. He said about a three. We prayed a simple prayer in Jesus' name and then asked him to check it. He said it felt better and that the pain was now a one. We celebrated God's touch and asked if we could pray again for complete healing. I asked if he had discomfort in his right hip. That was a word of knowledge and he said he did. So we prayed there too. After that, we asked him if his legs were different lengths after the surgery and he said they were. We told him we had seen God uh, grow legs out before and wanted to grow his leg out and bring his body back into alignment. The way he was designed to be we knelt down took his shoes off lined up his legs sure enough one leg was clearly longer than the other we prayed and his leg grew out what we didn't know is his toes had been locked since february no movement at all with numbness in his ankle and calf immediately they came unstuck feeling the movement restored that is when he started doing box jumps up onto the bench uh, the picnic table. Then he did a, a then he did a, a, a jump on the bench. At that point, his girlfriend walked over and he began to tell her what God had done. She confirmed that he hadn't moved his toes on his right foot since the beginning of the year. He was overwhelmed by God's love. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Come on. Another one, uh, I'll I'll just tell you what it was, just to save time. Uh, A gentleman in his 70s was praying for a a young couple, and as he was praying for them, heat went through his body and completely healed his knee. He came out from the church service and said, Pastor, anybody need this cane? And he gave gave me his cane. The next Sunday, he uh, was going to receive the offering, and... um, he had to come up on the stage for some reason. He had never been able to go up on the stairs without help or without his cane. And he said, I got this. And he walked right up on the stage, up the stairs. He had not done that in years and said the pain was completely gone. And uh, and this last one, um, I'll just tell you, it was uh, uh, Phil and Christina's daughter. Was she? He said, he said to her, he goes, I know, I know you haven't been tithing. And she said I know I know I know but I get freaked out about my money and you know I need to have control Over my money and he said, you know, you need to be tithing. It's all god's money. She goes. I know I know I know So she finally came to the place where she she was in church and she She decided she was going to sign up online and have it automatically taken out and and she hit the button and She was like, oh She said but I know, you know, my dad said I can test you in this and she said she had just signed an agreement with the federal government that um it was a student loan and they were going to, they were going to keep her tax, her tax return for six years. That was part of the agreement, but she had just decided to start tithing again. And she said to her shock, and she said, but not to my dad's, she said, my tax return, my tax refund just came in the mail and it covered all of her needs. And they were supposed to keep it for six years. God does miracles in marriages. He does miracles in bodies. He does miracles financially. He does miracles in every way and beyond that we can imagine if we will simply believe. And the gift of the working of miracles has been given to the church. One of you, or more than one of you, in a body. The Holy Spirit, it says, gives to each one as he wills. So anybody, any body of believers that is saying, yes, Lord, here. Yes, Lord, now. Yes, Lord, use me. The gift of miracles is going to show up in somebody. So let's all stand and let's just begin to worship the Lord. And let's ask for miracles to begin to happen in our church. Even unusual miracles. Say Me. Say miracles. miracles. Say here. here. Say now. now. Amen. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's just spend a couple of minutes worshiping. And then we're going to begin laying hands and believing God for miracles. Let the Lord know you want to be used by Him. And power, in miracles, and healing and prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, visions, dreams, supernatural. Come on, church. Let's be the church of Jesus Christ. promise